It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Feather back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, on collision, VL, centering feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello, I'm Nick Nolenberger, and this is your Barracuda 2-Minute Power Play. The Barracuda hit the road for the first of two games in Southern California, beginning on Saturday night in San Diego. After dropping into a 3-0 deficit in the first 20 minutes of play, San Jose found itself down 4-0 after Max Comtois scored his second of the night. But San Jose would make a pushback, as Thomas Gregoire will cut into the lead at 9.50, and then Jeff Fiel would take a puck away from Kiefer Sherwood and snipe one hole for his third goal in his last two games. Velasquez had it for a moment. Now racing to the near wing to hold the line was Greg White. Did so successfully. Now it's pinned up against the half wall. They don't find remaining here in the second period. There's a turnover forced by a whiff of a pass there. Score! Jeff Fiel's able to step on off a body in front and pass Boyle. And the lead is cut down to two after keeper Sherwood failed to clear the puck out of the zone. He simply whiffed on it, took his eyes off of it. It leads to a Turnover and Viel's able to rip one off. A body in front looked like maybe a bit of friendly fire. Unfortunately, after that point, Sam Carrick would score late in the second period, and the goals would roll to a 6-3 win. But the Barracuda would turn around the following afternoon and take on the Ontario Reign, picking up a 5-2 win on the road against the LA Kings affiliate. After Matt Luff opened up the scoring for the Reign at 15:46, Jaden Holtkowax answered back late in the first, 18:24, on the power play for his team-leading 16th of the year. Fox over the blue line, works to the right flank, waits it out, now hits the brakes, reverses it back up high to the point. Carrick will walk the line, back over to Chemilevsky. Wrist shot, same made Velalto, the puck is loose, he's down, there's a shot, Hobgawax scored! Jaden Hobgawax from Jeremy Watt snaps it into an open cage as Velalto was down and out. Then just a minute and 16 seconds into the second period, Max Latunov went to work, sniping home his 12th of the season to give San Jose its first lead of the game. First will lead the rush of ice. But that pass is taken away. Radil back up the left flank. Crosses it near side. Latunov works his way in. Shoots and scores! Max Latunov off the water bottle. Just under the crossbar. Gives the Barracuda a 2-1 lead. Their first lead of the hockey game. And it comes a minute and 16 seconds into the second period. Then at 15:47, Nikolai Kanishov would funnel a puck in on net that would hit a rain player in front and find the back of the net for Kanishov's first professional goal. And now it's cleared out. And here's a chance maybe for San Jose. You're tanking with a puck down the wing. Waits for some support. Now Kanishov. His wrist shot tipped in front. They score! Evan Wenger was standing in front. He may have got a piece of it. It looks like they're collecting the puck, which is going to mean it's Nikolai Kanishov's goal. It's his first. 
of his professional career. Ontario would get one back in the third, but Leon Bergman and Jeff Biel would cash in to secure the 5-2 win. Zachary Sachanko made 31 saves on 33 shots to pick up his second straight victory. I'm Nick Nolenberger, and this has been your Barracuda 2-Minute Power Play. Hello and welcome to another edition of Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, American Hockey League affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here along with marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Just a two-game road trip for the Barracuda. He returned back to Northern California and will kick off a season-long six-game homestand starting on Wednesday against the Ontario Reign. But sandwiched in between the last couple of games, of course, the NHL trade deadline, which you expected there to be some movement, especially up with the NHL club. Mm-hmm. And you also expected it to impact the American League club. And with the way things have gone this year, you expected some guys to maybe go, maybe be leaving town and joining new organizations. It ends up just being picks coming back, and you end up getting a guy in Anthony Greco, a veteran American Hockey League guy that is most known for winning the fastest skater a couple of years ago in the All-Star Classic at the HL Love. 30 goal scorer a season ago with the Springfield Thunderbirds. So you know a lot of excitement I think from that standpoint to get a proven American Hockey League score at this level a speed guy and uh, a guy that you can you know plug in your lineup and we'll see if he ends up uh, ends up returning next year I mean that's to be determined I believe he's at the end of his contract uh, but a guy who has an option to potentially be back and, and fill fill a role at the American League level that's certainly uh, I think as we look at this group being as young as they are, it doesn't hurt to have a guy who can score at this level and a little bit of a veteran presence. Trade deadline's tough because you never really know what you're gonna ex- what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to lose guys, if you're going to gain guys. Uh, fortunately, this year, I think this might have been the first time where we haven't really lost anybody at the deadline. Instead, we're just more bringing some people in. Uh, but Anthony Greco is going to be a nice little boost for us. Obviously, brings a lot of speed. Yeah, excited to watch someone like uh Evan Weinger pair up with him and then watch them go around the ice but uh, he can score he he's he can be a playmaker as well I think he had you know 50 points last year I mean this is a guy who, who knows how to play the game and he's an older guy too coming out of a college guy played at Ohio State leadership guy he's worn letters so definitely someone that you know we can rely on a bit here as we close out the season really trying to bring these young guys along and and in reality kind of help fill uh what's what's been at times a scoring drought for the barracuda where we haven't been able to find the back of that hopefully he's somebody who can help chip in there yeah he's 26 years of age he's been around a little bit in the ahl played his first nhl game a season ago with the florida panthers so bob bugner is very comfortable and, and uh, familiar with him because of course uh boogie was the head coach of the mm-hmm. florida panthers a season ago what's funny about uh, greco is he was acquired on february 20th by the tampa bay lightning and then you know just a, a few days later he is brought over to San Jose in the Barkley Grove trade. So um, let's just run down, you know, the list on the trade. Essentially, the Sharks, they get a first-round pick for Barkley Goodrow. I don't think the goal was to trade Barkley Goodrow. I think everybody knew that Barkley Goodrow is having a breakout year. He's played up and down the lineup. I think he's played on every line so far. He kills penalties. Um, He is a very, uh, very important piece to your hockey team, almost like a Swiss Army knife. So you don't want to get rid of a guy like that, especially kind of coming into his own. Of course, scored that Game 7 goal last year against Vegas. A guy who um, had a great stint with the Barracuda development guy, began his career in the NHL, then came back to the AHL and kind of cut his teeth 
teeth in the American League for a couple years. Um, so you don't want to see a guy like Barkley Goodrell go. He did everything you could ask, but to get a first round of return for a guy who originally came in as an undrafted player, um, I think is a nice little haul. Um, you send a third rounder uh, along with Goodrell, and then you get Greco at a first back. So um, just to break down the trade a little bit, I think you know for Doug Wilson, um, you get off for the first rounder, and it's kind of a no-brainer, especially for an organization that's very thin uh, when it comes to draft capital. Yeah, yeah, we knew going into the deadline that draft picks were hard to come by. And I think if you had just told me that the trade would have just been Barkley Goodrow for a first, I would have been a little shocked. But knowing that we're sending back a third-round pick and then having that first round. The other thing with Goodrow, too, is a lot of a lot of times at the deadline you see guys get moved who are coming up on the end of their contract. Well, Goodrow's still got another year. So this is a guy who's being traded with term, uh, who's, who I still think has some time uh, you know, he'll spend another year or so in Tampa Bay, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I believe, uh, you know, that's a big factor into why, you know, a first-round pick came back as well. Um, for, for on, from looking at Barkley Goodrow, he's really, um, he's really when you, when you think about the American Hockey League and the development and why we're here, he's the perfect example. This is somebody, we talked about it today in a, in a meeting, but, undrafted guy came in started his first year played pretty much its entirety in the nhl didn't really work out for him then bounced around back and forth quite a bit between worcester slash san jose uh, and then obviously playing out here with the cuda became an eight uh started again the season with the nhl club basically got sent back down because he wasn't playing well sent back down to the american league to the point where roy sommer was going to sit him out and just healthy scratch him. And all of a sudden he goes on this tear, becomes an AHL all-star. Then he becomes one of the regular call-ups, one of the regulars in the lineup. And then you look at this year and he's playing on any of the four lines, penalty killer, gritty, heavy, just plays the game smart, plays the game right, somebody that they can rely on. I think he might've been one of the only guys to play in all 82 games last year. I mean, very, it's, he's exactly what you want your young players to develop into obviously some guys are going to develop into more high-end scores but i mean as a as a hockey player it's kind of what you want yeah when you think of barkley goodrow you think of versatility he has only eight goals so from an offensive standpoint he's not providing a ton i think that's why you're shocked when you do see a first rounder coming back the other way but just to talk about the draft capital so you get the first rounder then of course you you ship out patrick marlow to give him a chance to try to capture a cup you get a third rounder in return for that and that's a conditional third so could turn into a second if Pittsburgh goes on to win a championship. Of course, Brandon Dillon a couple weeks back, that return was nice, a couple of second round picks. So all of a sudden you have some draft capital that you didn't have before because of course, with acquiring Eric Carlson and Vander Kane over the last couple of years, that's kind of wiped out a lot of those draft selections. So in the next couple of years, we'll see players come in. And just looking at players in the Barracuda roster this season as drafted players that developed in their junior teams with their junior teams and Noel Greger as a 20 year old last year, Joachim Blickfield, these are draft players that are now expected over the next couple of years to contribute at the NHL level. I think it's vital to continue to build your roster, especially with the salary cap era that we are in, to have young players on cheap deals. So now you're going to get players down the line, potentially, that you can draft and develop just like we saw with a good row and like you're seeing with guys like Gregor and Blickfield. So draft picks, maybe not to the importance that you look at an NFL where you're getting players instantly contributing, but down the line, when you look mm-hmm. back at teams that win Stanley Cups, look at a St. Louis last year, a lot of those players were homegrown talented players taken in the later draft or later in the draft so not necessarily in the first round it's always um 
you see guys always uh you know pick tie get the get a lot of the attention but it's the later picks that that kind of build your roster and kind of formulate to everything when it's really said and done so um with the trade deadline again no movement uh specifically with the barracuda nobody going out of town but it immediately impacts the barracuda because max latunov as well as uh leon bergman were recalled almost instantly after some of the transactions Nicholas Malash comes back down. Um, so just looking at the what the lineup looks like for Wednesday, it looks like Jeremy Watt's going to kick back up to the forward position because Nick Malash is back in. Dalton Pratt also went up. He played just the one game. So um, some impact from the trade deadline just instantly on the Barracuda roster. Yeah, it's kind of what you expect at the deadline. Though there's going to be some moving pieces, and especially where the Sharks are right now, where, you know, to be honest and blunt, it's just not the way that the season was expected to go and we're at a point now where it's it's time to really give these young guys a, a an actual look and, and give them some serious ice time to see if it's something that you have uh these guys like latunovs who are you know in a one-year deal trying to see if they have something with them that's someone you're you're leaning on to to produce a little bit so um it'll be nice to see those guys get some time i mean tonight uh, I, I assume if you're listening to this now, you're probably in the middle of watching the Sharks play the Flyers and um, or just finish it. So you've seen a lot of Barracuda guys playing in this game, um, not just guys who have been there this year, but years before, uh, which is a great sign for the Barracuda. So um, I don't think the flurry of movement is over. I think we're going to see a lot more ups and downs. I still think, you know, there's lots of guys who deserve looks, who should get looks. Uh, a guy like Nick Simone, I would expect, to get a look at some point. Trevor Carrick may get another crack at some point. Jaden Hallgawaks, uh, Sasha Shemalevsky, guys like this who have produced you know, on the Barracuda side who maybe need just, just give them that taste to see if it is something that, that may be there. Um, I think before the end of the season, over these last, I don't know, 20, 25 games maybe the Sharks have left to give as many young guys as they can an opportunity to show that they belong in the NHL and belong in this organization. One spot that won't be available tonight down the middle, Logan Couture is a expected to return to the lineup that is great news for the organization as a whole again Leon Bergen Max the tune-off go up the flight at least projected that the flight will come back tomorrow morning for the Sharks so they're actually going to stay over um, in the the New York area they're playing in Philly but their plane from what I've been told is still in New York so they'll bus up there stay over and then fly back that means if you're wondering if maybe one of these guys like a Latunoff or Bergman will they be in the lineup tomorrow probably not so um now the question is, do those guys stick for the remainder of the year? I think it's based on performance. It's based on opportunity. But wouldn't be surprised if maybe a guy like Latunov ends up just staying up there for a good majority of the remainder of the season. Um, but again, with Couture coming back, that just cuts one last spot up with the big club. A couple other other moves uh, in the division. You saw Daniel Sprong, a guy who was brought over last year by San Diego from the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. He is actually traded right at the deadline. So um, the goals slash Ducks made a few trades. Um, during the deadline to bring in some draft picks, but also bring in some players as well. Joel Pearson, who was a defenseman, um, signed in free agency this past offseason by Edmonton, began the year up top with the Oilers, then came down to Bakersfield. He was actually traded to Anaheim, so to maybe add some depth to the blue line for a San Diego team that I think now in a playoff spot certainly is going to be a, a tough out if they do end up getting in the playoffs, especially the likelihood that they get a Sam Steele or, or um, 
you know, Max Jones, those high-end prospects that have been up for most of the year is pretty likely, I think, especially the way that they draw down in San Diego and with that fan base, you know, there's an expectation to win at that level. So um, to be determined. Uh, one other note uh, in terms of transactions as we'll move on here after after this quick note, but Brandon Davidson coming over from the Calgary Flames organization, a guy who's been very effective on the blue line at the AHL level this year was Stockton. Not eligible to come down to the American League though, so he'll stay up with the NHL NHL club for essentially the remainder of the season um, but if you're looking at the AHL impact that impact Stockton just one less mm-hmm. defenseman um, who has kind of you know the NHL experience and ability is no longer going to be in their lineup he's a leadership guy for them too if I'm not mistaken he wore a letter for for Stockton so uh, I couldn't tell you why he's not eligible to come down to the American League I don't know if you know the answer to that I I don't know but I, I did see that as well uh, when the trade got made so a little bit of depth which I guess in reality I mean if you're the shark side now that's an extra defenseman Dalton Prout's up there maybe Jake Middleton somebody who comes back down I, to get him some playing time if he's not playing regularly who knows at this point what's going to happen but I think like I said there's a lot of ups and downs here um, over these this last final month and a half of the season here uh, we're going to see lots of movement and lots of guys get an opportunity which is great if you're a Barracuda fan because that's what we all want right I think everybody gets excited when our guys get an opportunity to showcase their skills here at the tank in front of all these people and um, definitely definitely something to look forward to yeah Dev, I don't know the exact exact reasoning I'm guessing he wasn't on the roster at the appropriate time for whatever reason why that was. I don't know if Calgary was planning on him just being up with their cl- big club for the remainder of the year, but um, what we do know is he not he will not be available for the Barracuda, so we will not see Davidson um, down at the American League level. Um, one other note, Anthony Brecco, he will wear number 29, so yep. uh, we were told he'll wear number 29. So Don't blink because he might miss it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm telling you this. I was at the All-Star game uh, in Springfield last year, and he did it in front of the hometown crowd. And I, I mean, watching it in person. He said he's trying to break the all-time record. He said he'd be lying if he wasn't here to break the record. And so Anthony Greco, our last skater, the time to beat here in this one, 13.520, the fastest lap all time, though, 13.324. Wow, he's absolutely flying. Last turn, straight away. Greco, 13.251. The fastest lap in AHL history belongs to Anthony Greco. And he just outdid Connor McDavid from the other night in the NHL skills competition. That was absolutely incredible. That was so impressive. A little home cooking here. Absolutely worked in his favor. Wow. Was he was so, so fast. Like he this it almost it's like smoke behind him kind of fast. Like like you see in like the cartoons. This guy can fly. So I'm I'm excited to see him. I th- I think he gets into town late uh, late tonight, so don't know if they'll put him in the lineup tomorrow or not, but um he will be here tomorrow with the team. 
Yep. So uh, it'll be fun to see him uh, see him fly out there. Yeah. Again, he, he has some wheels on him, and a guy I think who, you know, certainly could be called up to the NHL at some point mm-hmm. and, and play too. I think he could fill in uh, definitely at that level. He's only played the one game, but he has the tools in the toolbox. Uh, I think to be an effective, at least at the very least, playing a little fourth line and some penalty kill up at the NHL level. But at the American League level, he has the ability to fill the back of the net again, thirty goals a season ago with the Springfield Thunderbirds. So two games this past week and out in Southern California. The first didn't quite go the way we all hoped for. You're going into it with a lot of momentum, points at four straight, wins at back-to-back games. You're going for three straight wins for the first time this year, and you've got a San Diego team coming off a game the night before, so you thought maybe you can get them um, on a back-to-back, but instead it kind of was the opposite way. Slow you have a start. late start, no morning skate. Guys just came out of the gate slow, and before you blinked, it's early in the second, and it's 4 nothing San Diego, and you know, the way the team talked leading into the game on Sunday in Ontario, you would have thought um, the game was much closer because it was a pretty positive outlook. Jimmy Bono mentioned, I didn't think the team played terrible, but when you fall into an early hole like that, you're chasing, and that just changes the complexion. Jeremy Watt, similar statements to that, and they proved it the following night. They go into Ontario against a desperate Ontario team that all of a sudden found themselves outside of the playoff picture despite playing some really good hockey over their last 15 uh, or so games um, and the Barracuda hand them a 5-2 loss and they got contributions up and down the lineup in the victory um, solid special teams they had a power play goal they went 4-5 for five on the PK um, you get Leon Bergman scoring a late goal he's been playing some really good hockey so no surprise he was given that recall but Nikolai Knishoff ends up getting the number one star um, a guy in his 28th American League game gets his first goal and I think he's just gotten slowly better and better night in and night out that he's gotten out there his confidence just continues to grow and that's what you hope for from a really young player was if you look at his resume he's a limited player in terms of experience so for him to get this opportunity to this year sign an entry-level deal um, his evolution as a player has been uh, a really nice sight to see yeah I think I'm first of all I think he was relieved to get that first goal out of the way um, you know he's played quite a bit for us here on uh, this first season he is still really young and you said you're right his, his experience is fairly limited so I think I think the organization is, has kind of played it probably a little bit more on the ca- more cautious side and kind of instead of just throwing him right into the fire with how much depth we had at the beginning of the year, really kind of easing him in and, and letting him get comfortable and get adjusted. And now he's a guy who's finding himself in the lineup every night. Uh, big body, pretty reliable in his own defensive end, uh, still trying to find his stride offensively. Uh, but if he can become someone who can you know, contribute defensively like a Nick, uh, like a uh, Nicholas Malash has, you know, over the past couple weeks, uh, he's going to find himself growing into quite a good defensive player and somebody that this organization is going to be very excited to have uh, yeah, in a couple I, of years. And you mentioned the, the size, right? Six two. He's got really nice size. I, I think as he continues to have the game slow down for him, offense will start to grow a little mm-hmm. bit for him. It's only his second point of the year. I uh, had an assist earlier this season in a game out in Iowa, but uh, good to see him get the goal. You mentioned he seemed relieved. He was joking. Uh, you, were, you were trying to get the photo for social yeah. media with the with his first goal and um he, he was almost i mean he was joking but he was he, he didn't really want the photo because it, you know he it took him yeah. he felt like his words time. were i said i said hey do you have your goal your first the first goal puck and he says oh it's at my apartment i said well, hey can you can you bring it to the arena tomorrow and he's like yeah sure he's like why do you want to take a picture i was like yeah you know we'll put it up on social he goes he goes do we have to he's like it's march like do we really have to do that so i think he's 
and in his mind, he's probably a little disappointed it took this long, but that happens for a lot of people. I mean, last year, Thomas Gregor was one of those guys who didn't score till the middle of March, and now he's you know our, our, one of our leading scoring defensemen. So um, just because you, you're a bit of a late bloomer does, doesn't mean that you, know, you should write it off. This is, a, this is an accomplishment, a milestone that he's going to remember. You know, it's his first pro goal, first AHL goal, and that's something that sticks with you. Yeah, for sure. He'll remember it uh, for a long, long time to come. One other transactional note within the division, uh, Michael Hutchinson from the Toronto Maple Leafs traded to the Colorado Avalanche Organization Exchange for Callie Rosen. So Rosen, formerly of the Maple Leafs, actually going back to that organization. Michael Hutchinson, a veteran uh, goaltender in both the NHL and American Hockey League, has, has fallen a bit on some hard times, but um, with the acquisition of Jack Campbell, he was the odd man out. So they, they get him out of town and they ship Callie Rosen back the other way so um will it play much of an impact on the barracuda probably not um so uh just to just to give you a few notes on, on what's going on around the division uh look ahead game one of a six game home stand starts on wednesday night <laughs> and then we've got an early start of course on saturday it's a 115 game yeah. um we've got a game monday we've got a game wednesday it's it's six games in 11 days and it's going to be absolute chaos um not only on our end but just for this building in general i think there's a, a 10 game an 11 day stretch or something for the building between barracuda and sharks so um it is going to be super super busy um but you know, by the end of the six-game homestand, we're going to know exactly where everything stands because I don't, know, well, I don't think the Barracuda have been technically eliminated from the playoff hunt yet. Um, a lot can happen over the course of six games against all division opponents, so uh, or most division opponents. you got Iowa in the mix there too, but some good promo stuff coming up. Yeah, we got tons of fun promo stuff going. Um, we've got a, a CUDA Classroom Day, of course, on Monday. That is an 11 a.m. start against the Iowa Wild. Um, we've got that early start coming up on um, on Saturday as well. That's a double header. Um, fill us in a little bit on some of the promos that are coming up. I know we've got we've got a couple. Yeah. We've got, of course, Cuda Country coming uh, mm-hmm. down the line, but uh, our Chiro night. Yeah, let's run down the list here. So first things first, we've got uh, Saturday is churro day that game is at 115 uh we're partnering up with the san jose giants if you've ever been to a san jose giants game you know how much fun they can be and you know that their churros are probably the best churros you'll ever have so uh, they rebrand every once in a while so we're partnering up with them we're gonna have uh, san jose churro jerseys on the ice which are amazing looking uh we'll make sure we post some sneak previews and stuff here over the next couple days getting excited for that um we taught a couple of the guys, Jake Middleton, Trevor Kerr, how to make churros uh, the other day. So that video came out, which I think is pretty funny. That might have even sparked uh, a whole new internet series for the Barracuda called Cooking with the Cuda. Trev's a big uh, a big chef, loves to cook. So hopefully that's something we can run with here moving forward. Uh, so you got churro night. After churro night, obviously Cuda Classroom Day. It's an 11 a.m. start. Uh, activity booklets for all of the kids in attendance uh, that day. I think we're expecting upwards of 2,000 kids again uh, for this game. So that should be exciting. Nice early morning start. 
then you got uh after that we've got kuda country night that is on the 6th and that's going to be our uh cowboy western country kind of night uh we'll have cowboy inspired jerseys we got a roy sommer wind counter bobblehead for the first 4,000 fans in attendance uh roy will be here to drop ceremonial puck drop uh, i recommend being here and in your seats to watch that because he will be dressed up in full cowboy getup. i can guarantee you that um we're all gonna have some bolo ties i've actually got to order those tomorrow now that you think about it we're gonna get some bolo ties for the staff to wear and uh you know we'll have hopefully some some other country related organizations in the area uh out here at the game as well and then uh right after that is the following night we play at eight o'clock which is a little bit different than normal but it's an eight o'clock start uh after the sharks play the senators um and we will be playing, I believe it's San Diego again that night. But it's an 8 o'clock start, a little bit later than usual. We'll have a double-day offer uh, for all those. If you have your Sharks ticket, show it at the box office. Get yourself a Barracuda ticket. We're trying to find out the uh, the actual details now, but it sounds like if you're at the Sharks game and you're sticking around for the CUDA game, if you have that CUDA ticket, you're going to be able to hang out in the club level uh, until doors open for the Barracuda game. So instead of having to leave and come all the way back, We'll leave, uh, you know, the bar is open, some food stands open, let you guys hang out and enjoy yourselves. Yeah, so some good stuff there from Joe, just filling you in on what's uh, what's on tap. So again, the Barracuda back in action at home, on home, ice starting on Wednesday against Ontario, and then the early start on Saturday, San Diego's coming to town, a 115 puck drop. Monday's an 11 a.m. start, so an extra early start for the CUDA classroom day. Wednesday back to a 7 o'clock puck drop both Monday and Wednesday against the Iowa Wild. So the only visits from Iowa this season, the only games with an out-of-division opponent. So if you want to see some fresh blood, that's a great opportunity to do so in an early uh, week matchup Monday and Wednesday against Iowa. And then you wrap up the homestand on Friday and Saturday, as Joe alluded to, and that Saturday game is an 8 o'clock start. So a lot of fun things on tap. And then after this homestand, just four more home games. So it's, it's pretty wild how quickly the season is just running by. The month of February just, uh, just blew past us. So um, the team's playing some good hockey, though. Uh, there's no doubt they've won three of their last four they have points now in five of their last six and it's a good thing to see and it's with somewhat of a limited lineup you've had a lot of your studs go up and contribute with the sharks um alexander true the big name of course um going up and, and playing some good hockey but um you've got guys filling in and i think they've done a good job one other uh transactional thing i don't want to forget tristan lang and recalled today yep. as well from the echl so again then at the forward position at the nhl level so you pull some guys up and then you fill in uh with greco now and Langen as well so um, i've not seen the lineup yet i would assume greco is in you mentioned uh, coming in later today yeah i know he gets someone i actually just responded to someone on twitter i know i know he's coming into town tonight i believe he gets in late tonight uh like i said i, I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow i don't know if they're going to kind of give him uh i know we saw that with jonathan Dolan when he came in last year they kind of he came in on a game day and they ended up giving him a day and a, like a game day and a practice day to just kind of get acclimated with the systems and kind of understand how they want to play uh but he is an older veteran guy so maybe he is someone that they try to insert right in the lineup especially how how kind of short we are up front yeah, yeah, I would expect him to play. I'd be a bit shocked if he didn't end up getting in, just because the fact that he didn't have to come the day of the trade. He got a full day of travel. So, um, still, there's an adjustment, of course, coming cross country. But I'm excited to see this kid again. Mm -hmm. Speed, 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 and that's always fun to watch. So, um, anything else, Joe? That's uh, that's all I got. Let's yeah. uh, just getting ready to hunker down, gear uh, gear up for this. <laughs> 
six games and 11 day stretch and Loves, love me some Cuda hockey. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we've talked about having guests we thought we were going to have on this week. Yeah. And schedule. Uh, we're a, we're schedule, a mess. Uh, we're a mess when it comes to our guest schedule. So we're not going to. What we're not going to do is we're not going to uh, guarantee anything next week. Our yep. goal is certainly to get a guest. You know, it's kind of a. Uh, I would say. It, our schedule can be shaped and moved and it, it changes all the time. Yeah. So well, the, beauty, really no the beauty of it is, I mean, what's tough is we always try to record on Tuesdays. I'll give you guys a little insight here. We always try to record on Tuesdays, but there are days where we're, you know, traveling on a Monday and Tuesday becomes a day off or there's, you know, between the two of us, there's, there's meetings and things like that where we can't, you know, get uh, interviews done right after practice. So um, certainly we'd much rather have an interview. I think, Everybody out there would much rather listen to uh, us talk to those guys instead of talking to each other, uh, which, you know, no disrespect. I totally get it, but I'm going to hold a grudge. Uh, well, normally I'm sitting here talking yeah, to that's stuff, true. so it is nice that's to have true. somebody That's true. To. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Whether it it's interviewing somebody or just but uh, having a conversation. Yeah. But they're definitely guys, you know, we want to talk to. Obviously, I'd, I'd love to get Johnny Brodzinski on here at some point to talk about, you know, life as a new father and, you know, just life in San Jose in general for him because we really haven't talked much with him about that. Uh, Anthony Greco is going to be a guy that we'd love to sit and, and chat with. Um, so be patient. That's yeah, all we're asking. Be patient. We're, we're trying. We're going to get some stuff. Um, again, it, it's tough with a schedule. You know, we only have one day off a week and you're traveling most of the time. Uh, you know, I, I'm out of the office, I would say, you know, 60, 70 percent of the time, especially t this time of year. So uh, bear with us, but we will get some guests in the very near future. Um, we will bring you that uh, that type of content. So. And if you guys want to hear from certain people, sure, you know, if there absolutely. are guys you would rather see us interview instead of having us pick all the time, if there's somebody you're looking to hear more about or find out more about, let us know. Tweet at either of us. Send us a DM or send us an email. Yeah, if you have let us know. Too, of course. Yeah. Um, happy to answer anything you guys got. So good stuff, Joe. Appreciate it for myself, Nick Nolenberg, along with Joey Goldson. We thank everybody for tuning in. One last reminder, we'll be on the airwaves starting 645 tomorrow night from the SAP Center as the Barracuda welcome in the Ontario Red. For now, though, we'll say so long. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll talk to you all very, very soon. Go Cuda. Go Cuda.